0: At Lexia, we know literacy changes lives. As the gateway to the future for every student, literacy can boost their confidence and help them realize their full potential. Based on the science of reading, our literacy programs, along with all of those dedicated educators, can change the path of students' lives forever. We believe literacy can and should be for all. That's why at Lexia, we're all for literacy. Three two one never has there been a better time to be alive in human history if you're not feeling it you must discover why join matthew bolton in developing and applying a framework of objective optimism toward a flourishing life of meaning health and happiness here's your host matthew bolton So in the past couple of weeks i've been using artworks to help me illustrate and express certain virtues values concepts uh, a couple of weeks ago for example i revisited the disney pixar movie ratatouille as through the character of remy it i thought it concretized brilliantly the virtues of intellectual independence and productivity and then the supreme role that the mind plays in production which is fundamental to a thriving human life and to a human society and then i commented on uh Anton Ego and his motivation, uh, among a bunch of other things. So I, you know, I recommend that you go revisit uh, that episode. And then last week, I referred to some song lyrics to help me articulate the idea that love does not require sacrifice as is commonly held. And that even dying for one's love is not an act of sacrifice, uh, but rather an act of integrity in the selfish pursuit of one's highest values. So essentially, I was saying that I'll die for you is to say that i'm i'll die fighting for my own highest value which is you Uh, and the alternative that is unbearable to me and is certainly no kind of flourishing life so there's a lot more to it than that Um, so again go back and have a listen to that uh, for a much fuller discussion now i've enjoyed doing this because art not only concretizes abstract concepts for us but it also gives us emotional fuel, or what you might call spiritual fuel. This is a crucially important role of art. Now, while optimism, in my view, is about constantly promoting various aspects of an integrated, flourishing life, we need to experience the realization of our goals. And for long range goals that we, that we, it will take a long time before we can realize them, we can look to art to give us that shot. You know, we can kind of say, Yeah, like if I in a character in a book or a movie or in a painting or even in a song, we might say, "Yeah, that that's the vision of me that I'm trying to create." And there it is for me to see. Um, You know, that's the world I'm striving to. to, to, That's the world I'm striving for, Um, or striving toward. I, I might say, this is what it means to say that art inspires us it rejuvenates the soul. So, one of the great soul pumping uh, you might say movies for me over the years has been the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Now, I let's not speak too much of the Hobbit series after that. Uh I they you know, I'm not they they were certainly good. I enjoyed going back to that place, but uh they did didn't do as much for me, but that is certainly a whole other discussion. I'm speaking of the original first trilogy, The Fellowship of the Ring, The Two Towers and The Return of the King. And today I'm looking at from The Return of the King, uh, I want to review Aragorn's speech at the Black Gate of Mordor. Uh, not only to highlight a few virtues and values, of course, but also just because it's awesome. Right? <laughs> Ultimately, this is the purpose of art. Um, while we can learn from the characters and events, its goal is not primarily to teach. It, its goal is to show us what's possible and to give us the experience of such virtue, of such people, of such lives, of such worlds as are possible. Um, So besides just getting uh, pumped up today and stuff, I want to discuss what makes an effective leader and a hero and how Aragorn exemplifies supreme leadership and heroism. Now, as I looked at this show idea, I have notes for several different similar kinds of shows and what do I want to do this week. And, and as I looked at this one, I saw immediately that it connected very much to last week's theme of fighting for values, as opposed to the commonly held idea of sacrifice as a noble motivation. And so today we'll see how Aragorn understands this very much in how he motivates his troops. And of course, also we'll see that heroism, like love is also not about sacrifice. Now, let me say that unlike the last couple of weeks, uh, this show it will be basically an audio presentation of an article that I wrote about a year and a half ago called Aragorn Values and Leadership. You can find that article on my Mr. Brightside blog, which is matthewbolton.ca. Um, and now I could just come here and say, hi, I'd like to talk about this. And uh, why don't you go read this article? And I still do uh, you know, recommend that you read the article, um, but... This is nonetheless a valuable exercise because here I can really elaborate on a lot of the points extemporaneously. And on top of that, nobody's reading an article and many people don't. So that's another reason. But uh, I think I think we'll flesh through a lot more things here, but uh, that doesn't mean you still shouldn't read the article. And of course, on top of that, you'll hear me get excited about it. You'll hear my emotion come through. Um, as this scene, like many scenes throughout this series, it really gets my heart pumping. It gets my soul fired up. And as I said before, Mr. Brightside, the Mr. Brightside show is not just about highlighting useful lessons in life, although that's a big part of it. It's about sharing and celebrating stuff that is awesome. And this is what, this is part of optimism in my view. And I think there's not much more awesome than Aragorn at the Black Gate when one really chooses to get into it. So let's get into it. Now, before we do, though, I want to add one more thing. Uh, I want to say clear that I'm strictly talking about the movies. I don't doubt that the books may be better or whatever. Uh, Fine. All of that. But I'm just discussing this character, this scene, et cetera, qua movie. I'm not so much a Lord of the Rings nerd as I am a philosophy, morality, optimism, human flourishing, awesome stuff nerd. And, um, I just want to stick with what I know. Now, this show today, what I'm talking about is really about how this scene was performed and portrayed on film anyway, So, and all that that experience offers us anyway. So um, with all that, having said that, let's just dive right in. The game day speech can be a tough one. We've seen it in movies. We see people try it in real life. Your coach comes in. One player steps up. And it can be really be a hit or miss. And it's really important what you try to appeal to in the players and try to really get them fired up. And, of course, the epic battle speech is that much tougher because this is the stakes are way higher than even a sports game, as important as that is. Um, now, a good leader, of course, so imagine what you have to do. You have to assure your troops. You have to calm the faulty nerves and relieve their anxieties and their fears, the things that might trip them up. But at the same time, you have to rouse their courage, their passion, their determination to the fullest capacity right before the plunge. And in my view, Aragorn nails his speech at the Black Gate of Mordor in *Return of the King*. Um, this speech is among many lines and, and and speeches that move me greatly throughout this trilogy. But this speech in particular acquires its own magnitude given the circumstances under it's delivered. This is. Uh, you know, this is the third film, there have been many epic battles, and and lesser battles. And this is the penultimate, is that a word battle. So um, now most audiences are properly uplifted. And and many people have regarded this as one of the great epic battle speeches on film of all time. But I want to look at today, what makes it so convincing and powerful? And In preparing for this article a year and a half ago, I went and looked at what other people were saying about it, and I I saw in a lot of analyses some people made some points that I thought hit very well and it really helped me appreciate the scene and the speech a lot more because of their insight but still none of them hit fully on what I gotten out of it. So I still thought it was valuable to share my perspective because it hasn't, as much as everybody talks about it, it hasn't quite been said in this way, I didn't think. So uh, I put it laid out there and I'm going to lay it out again today. Now it's impossible to appreciate any speech outside of the context in which it's given. And so here we have to understand uh, a few things. One that The soldiers know what they're doing there. It's not that as if the king has just summoned them for no reason. There's a, come on, you everybody, this is, you know, fulfill your oaths. You're supposed to, the king is calling you. There's something going on. No, no. They know what's going on. Um, Armies of this enemy have already destroyed many cities and villages, including a lot of the people that are getting called on to fight. Everybody's aware of this. This has been going on for three movies now. Um, They will continue to run amok all over their homes and their families until there's nothing left of the world of men. So now they're all called there and imagine they're at the gate of the heart of all the evil that threatens them and and their whole world and the whole existence. The battle ahead is a very terrifying, horrifying prospect. It's almost certain death. And you can imagine some of these guys are there like wondering, you know, is this really is this really the right day? Like, do we have to do this today? Maybe we should go back and regroup and go. Like, they know they have to do this sometime, but is this really the time? Meanwhile, for Aragorn and the leadership, they understand that the only hope for them, including all the men there and all of mankind, is for Frodo to get through Mordor to Mount Doom and destroy the ring. And that's going on nearby. So what they want to do is they want to deflect and uh, distract Sauron's attention and all his resources to the gate. So they make it look like this is our big move. This is our big stand. This is it. Come on. And he does, in fact, take the bait. He he, he puts his attention there, brings all the guys away, and clears the road for Frodo. So this battle, the idea of it, they're not going to win. The idea is not to win. It is really just a ploy of misdirection. It's essentially a time-buying operation, and it is a suicide mission. So understanding this whole scene now, what's going on? These men are here. They open up the gates and Sauron's army appears and they're just surrounding them the whole place. It is immense. They are horrible looking beast creatures, right? They are outnumber them by far. They're certainly going to die here. These guys are probably quite nervous and shaking as we described. So what does Aragorn say to all this? Well, let's have a look how he starts off. Okay, so this is really something, right from the beginning. Now, Aragorn is a king, effectively, but uh, he doesn't really resemble anything that you would get in a stock image of a king. You know, where they just sit on the crown, sit on the a throne, and wear a crown and rule over anybody. He's never done any of that. He's throughout the whole trilogy, he's been kind of the king coming back, the heir to the throne who is going to return uh, at, at the end. But he hasn't really done that. He's been busy trying to fight for fight to save humanity um he's been a soldier throughout this he's been a swashbuckling man of action and he's built a reputation as being among the very bravest and best of warriors including all of these crazy battles and harrowing situations that he's gone through throughout three movies and so his reputation is well earned aragorn is a legend let's be clear so while it might've invoked the pride of the men somehow to be referred to as sons of Gondor and Rohan, that's pretty good to be addressed on equal terms with such a man as this, this legend that comes out would have made each man very proud and, and really good. Like this guy is my equal. He's trying to say to say to me, um, I, I analogize this to sports. Like So in sports, when your best player acknowledges your contribution, or makes you feel visible in any way, it is very encouraging. And you'd be really motivated to give up anything for this guy. I think of, you know, I always think of Sidney Crosby in these terms. Um, He's just my favorite hockey player from my hometown and, you know, just one of the best hockey players in the world. And on top of all that, his reputation has been built over years for particular hard work and also just being a, just a, a good, honest person who, you know, very modest and on top of everything so he's just a really great role model for anybody and stories of him are like when when new guys join the team he's always like the first guy to text them and welcome to the team you know when they come to the dressing room he treats them just like a person you can imagine people walk into that pittsburgh penguins dressing room and there's some stars in there big time legends right and Sidney crosby there and you might feel nervous and he just makes them feel at home this is what the reports are all the time that he's just so good at making people feel at home you can imagine you're a big star a new guy comes in you guys say hey hey what's up and you know and you could do that and but it's still that doesn't really help he goes out of his way to make everybody feel a part of everything and this is why part of why the guy's got three rings guy's got three cups now it's obviously partly of his own play and excellence and but it's also because all the role players, everybody that you need to win a championship, is on board and want to fight for him. Now I'm not saying it's all about him. I mean, there's other many other reasons why they win, but this is a big part of it, and that is leadership in my in my view. So here, uh, the soldiers in this case with Aragorn can sense that my brothers. When he says that my brothers, it's not mere lip service. They know that he has fought at the front of any and all battles throughout this trilogy alongside men such as they and it's true that you can you know aragorn does not view himself as a lord um but he just views himself as a regular guy just like they are and he shares the same values as them sharing the same goals that they do and his delivery is sincere because it is sincere and the men believe it so you can imagine at first they're in their own like isolated dazed world they're just thinking about oh my god i'm gonna die today what is this this is crazy and then this great man on the horse comes out it's it's Aragorn, this legend that's like you know some other world kind of guy and then at the drop of his tone he's he does all the hold your ground and then he says my brothers and it's just that distance from us to him is bridged and immediately um it starts to almost become an intimate address rather than a big broad address to some nameless crowd. He, I think in that moment, the guys start to feel like brothers. I see in your eyes the same fear that would take the heart of me. Now here, Aragorn further connects to the men. So he acknowledges their fear, brings it right out, and he acknowledges his own fear. He says it would take the heart of me. It's the same fear that I have. So, the guys here don't have to believe that, well, Aragorn's this great legend guy because he's not scared of anything and he's just superhuman and all that. It's like, Oh, he's scared too. But you might think, well, but doesn't that just make them go, Oh, he's scared. Oh my God. We're all, we're doomed. No, it doesn't degrade him down to that. It, but rather it makes them think that, you know what, maybe there's something else that can account for his courage and bravery and uh, distinction in battle over the time. And maybe, I can achieve that or aspire to become that thing too. So maybe I have what he's got too. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I can. And, and they rouse them to think that maybe they can summon this same attribute that they share in common. A day may come when the courage of men fails, when we forsake our friends and break all bonds of fellowship, but it is not this day. Oh, and wow, this is uh, getting, it's getting more exciting as we go along here. So He understands that, everybody understands now, fear is common to everybody there. We all are scared, even Aragorn. And so they're just starting to bring forth their courage. And he refers, he he highlights their courage. He refers right to it. The courage of men fails. And he ties it together now with friendship and fellowship. So he's just established strong feelings of their own brotherhood And with that, I think that any of these men would now repel at the idea of forsaking those bonds. So in this way, I think that they feel an obligation to keep up their newfound courage. But beyond the fellowship of... Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? (laughs) Of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small minute made slushie is just 159. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Just the present company, they have to their own friends to consider. So Aragorn puts it to them that allowing your courage to fail here means deserting those whom one loves, one's friends. So in that moment, all the men there might have images of their loved ones flashing through their minds. And what it would mean to abandon them to a fate of terror at the hands of this force that I might confront right here and now. So with that, confronted with that uh, image, would you dare to allow your, your courage fail And he says, not this day. It's a very compelling mantra. I can hear it in my own mind. I can imagine that scenario and going, what? Like, I can uh, forsake my friends and break all bonds of fellowship. Or I can, you know, if I just, because I'm scared, I'd be like, not this day. Screw that shit. Like, I am, no, not this day. So I, I just feel it. I'm just like revved up and nothing will make me turn away from this fight. An hour of wolves. And shut its shields when the age of men comes crashing down. But it is not this day. This day we fight. So now Aragorn's pressing the issue. He elaborates this image. He says, wolves seek to devour your loved ones and destroy everything that men have built. It will be shattered, crashed, in ruins. The age of men obliterated from history. Or is there, al- is there an alternative to this? Because by this time, any person would be in such a rebellious rage at this kind of thing that I would accept any alternative. What can, anything but this. And then he says again, it is not this day. And those words can refocus that energy and remind them that there is an outlet. You can fight. This day, we fight. Okay. By all that you hold dear on this good earth, I bid you stand So this right here, this just, those lines just hit me so hard. This is the real cashing in of everything else. So all of the previous words he said have been very effective in stoking the courage, inciting a fury inside the hearts of the soldiers. But these lines are what supply all of that with the real meaning. Now, Aragorn is addressing this group of men, but I feel like in this moment, it seems like he's really addressing each individual man because he's appealing to each's personal, worldly values to each man's selfish interest in meeting death. Now, I know that sounds a little paradoxical, but what I mean is that he doesn't call upon their duty. So, come on, it's your duty, everybody, to fight. And that's not going to rouse anybody. Or he he say, he beseeches them, you must fight for something greater than yourselves. And like, that's supposed to inspire people? I don't think so. Nor does he ask them to fight for God or the gods or some otherworldly motive. He bids them fight for what you hold dear in this life here and now. I, From from my part, I find it like really unconvincing in these uh, movies. Sometimes the commander just kind of shouts, for the king, and then everybody's, or for England, and everybody just gets in a righteous frenzy. And it's like... Really? Like you really care that much? Now, there are some cases where they do set the context where the the king is a good king, the people really love him, and then they will be willing to fight and they really feel anger at like, this is for our king, yeah, I'm feeling it. Or for their country when it's set up that their country represents something, like say in the American Revolution, it, it represents some kind of freedom against tyranny. But often in these movies, they put out things like freedom. They don't really describe them or, or set them up. Well, they're just kind of vague abstract notions that we're supposed to be inspired by, but they don't really mean anything concrete to the people fighting. And uh, like these, these kind of disinterested motivations are just taken for granted as values without, without really setting the tone for it. And again, it's unconvincing when they do it. Now on the same point, the at the, the day that I had started to write this post, um, over a year and a, about a year and a half ago I was also out running that day and I heard the feist song monarch came on my headphones and a few lines jumped out to me and I included them in the article and I'm gonna um, mention them here because they're very apt to the point uh, here and now I will say I wonder when I checked out the lyrics it seems to be there seems to be a discrepancy and if there's one word an or included it changes the meaning quite a bit but I'm gonna take them for what I heard and how I take them and nonetheless, the, the words that I offer here are going to make the point. So just uh, let, it, let that be known. She says, I don't give a care for the crown or the shield. I will not protect you. Happily yield to the one who makes me come undone. I think in these lines, we can see it. We have to understand people are motivated to act, to gain and protect values, things that they care about. So in her song, while she won't fight for the crown, she will yield and yield means to surrender or submit to the one who makes me come undone. And what does it mean to come undone? It means the person, you know, to make you lose your composure or self-control. Often a person who can do that to you is, is a lover. So in my view, she's talking to a lover. She will yield. She will give of herself happily, mind you, to, to this person. Um, People of genuine values and integrity will give up most anything for that which they love, which is the the point of last week's show. But they will not fight for things which are are no selfish interest to them. And of course, good leaders know this. Aragorn knows this. Aragorn implores the men by all they hold dear to stand and fight. So in that moment, I can imagine thoughts of loved ones flashing through the soldiers' heads. And I think of them, I stand with them, like when I'm watching the movie, I can really feel like I'm there. And I imagine how I would feel. And I imagine my wife and my family, my friends, the things that I love to do, the innocence and potential of of children, for example, that I, even children I don't know, but just that that moves me. Um, The limitless challenges and pleasures of life, the goodness of life, the life that I love, that I hold dear. And now I'm faced with the prospect of having these hideous monsters annihilate all of that. And not only that, this is after I don't fight and I leave the, uh, leave, you know, people that I love to experience the terror of these gruesome beasts slaughtering them. Does that sound like a good alternative? Like, so faced with that, I'm also faced with the prospect of confronting these horrible demons right here and now likely to die, but Set against that other alternative, which one is the better alternative? To alternative for me? Which one is me pursuing my highest value? Yeah, I'll take death right now, easy. But I wouldn't be moved to take on such a horror, certain death, etc., with courage. On top of that, if I were asked to fight, you know, for my king or for my god or something like that, it just wouldn't have the same effect. But for all I hold dear on this good earth taking that seriously and seeing clearly what it all means that fury that was built up inside me and it would now be focused under a fierce passion and conviction and determination with a focused goal and a in a you know a hatred a rebellion against the annihilation of my values my courage now would be filled to the brim and i would basically be like zen i would fear nothing And I'd be just so pumped up and on the edge and I'd just be waiting for Aragorn to give the word, but Aragorn doesn't give a word. So as we talked about earlier, the reason that his words had hit with sincerity so much to the men is because his reputation had been built upon walking the walk much more than talking the talk. This is a man who fears letting people down, letting people that he loves down more than he fears death. So what he does in this next moment speaks louder than words as they say but it speaks with way more force than anything he might have said it's crazy imagine that everybody here is charged but restrained the atmosphere is so tense that this like horrible colossal enemy stands across the field at the black gate right and it's like almost that like it's it's ready to go and it just one little movement of anybody is just going to set it all off loose it's not charged and aragorn having everybody ready to go at his command, he doesn't, it's not like he looks around and is like, okay, guys, on the count of three, we're going to go. Okay. One, two, are you guys sure you're going to go right when I say we're going to go together? Good. Like he doesn't do any of that. And he doesn't even do the classic one where it's like, they're all pumped up and he's like charge. And then they all start running and then he takes off with them or, you know, just a step with them. No, he doesn't do anything of the sort. After a brief and very dramatic exchange with Sauron, it's a seemingly private exchange, it's almost like a, a telepathy of sorts, you can hear him whisper to Aragorn and call him forward and they have this little exchange and I don't think uh, other people can hear it. After that, he turns around to his friends and he says, for Frodo. And of course, after three movies, these words are charged with loads of meaning. Um, it you'll have to know more. And, and again, refer to last week's episode to hear what for somebody else really means. It's really about this is their chance. Frodo has demonstrated bravery and courage beyond anything they could have expected. And for us to not give it here, it's it's for him, but it's for our cause. It's for us. So after he says that, as I said, he doesn't say charge or scream at anybody. He just takes off on his own. He just goes rushing off towards this immense army, this enemy. And it's amazing because everybody's so quiet. And you can even hear his footsteps, like the patter of his footsteps, and his wind flapping in the in the wind because it's, it's, uh, it's this glorious spectacle. It is sublime is what it is. And it just embodies everything that Aragorn's about. It embodies leadership, heroism. Everything. And uh, wow. Now I say, wow. And that's exactly it. I mean, it's a few seconds before anybody follows them at all. And it's not because they're hesitating because they're scared. Like, Oh, do I really have to go now? It's just because they're so stunned with awe at this magnificent feat. They're just like, look, is that, what is that? What am I looking at? Is this this is, this the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Right. So it's only after Mary and Pippin finally break out of the spell and they kind of, they, they, they run out rushing, start screaming. And then, uh, you know, and then everybody, the paralysis is kind of broken after that and everybody snaps out of it and starts rushing. And in my view, I feel like you'd have to be some kind of really cowardly subhuman in effect to resist just charging out with all conviction after him, after you saw something, something like that. for our there you've seen it now for yourself so for some of you you've relived it because you've seen the movies for others it's the first time and i will say it does take as i've been repeating that three long movies before we can get all of this out of the scene and i and i really know that my words everything i'm saying here even with all the passion it would fall embarrassingly flat uh, without any context just watching that whole that whole clip Um, But it's the depth of the characters, the friendships, and the stakes that have been built up masterfully over these three movies that give every word, every look, every movement, every frame in that scene this really deep and powerful meaning. For myself, because I know these movies uh, so well, for example, simply by watching the clip, I can breathe in the full context of what's going on and, and, you know, if I choose to get into it, um, and when I do choose to get into it and, and just get, transport myself there, uh, my heart and my eyes can, can well up (laughs) at the expression of, of this, this great expression of brotherhood, friendship, fighting for human values. And of course, at this uh, heroic site of Aragorn. So that's pretty much it, guys, what I have to say on that speech. But I I will say a final word in a minute uh, to sum up. But first, let me uh, encourage you to go read the article anyway. If you want to review what what was said here today, the article is a concise presentation, essentially, of what I've said today, about a 10-minute read, perhaps. And if you like it, uh, go ahead and share the article. It'll be very good. Um, On top, you may share this episode and share the show in general, of course. I also encourage you to ask questions. If you have any questions about a point I'm making here, or a challenge to it, or something that, or something you want to add, please make a comment, ask a question in the comment section where you consume this show. Of course, you can also go to the Mister Bryce side Facebook page. That's Facebook.com/slash Matthew Bolton.ca. Ask a question there. I'll get back to you right there. Of course. All right then. So let me say in closing that you can say what you want about these movies. I know they're just on TV so often. You see them so uh, re- repeated so often that they they might lose their luster after some time. And but and I think we forget how great they were, especially because there's so much quality TV and movies today amid an ocean of crap, mind you. But there still is so much quality today that that we forget the context of the time. Uh, when these came out and, and how great they really were. I remember going to the movie theater and just being blown away. It it was rare that I had had a movie going experience like that. So I say to you, if you somehow never seen these movies, I say, set yourself up theater style, as close as you can get to theater style. And really, so you can really get into that world and go there. You'll see some depictions of brotherhood, friendship, um, heroism, fighting for values on a very epic scale. Uh, So there's a lot more to say about these films, but I digress for right now. As for today's theme, I urge you to think about your own life in terms of gaining values and to remember that being a hero means having the conviction of what you want to pursue and then to have the courage to go after it and to not sacrifice it to the doubters and the haters, the saboteurs, and even the aggressors. And to the extent that you want to motivate others to join you in what you think is good and right... You ought to appeal not to any sacrifice for a noble end, but to all they hold dear on this good earth. I'll see you guys next time. Hold your ground! Hold your ground! Sons of Gondor, of Rohan, my brothers! I see in your eyes the same fear that would take the heart of me. A day may come when the courage of men fails, when we forsake our friends and break all bonds of fellowship. But it is not this day. An hour of wolves and shattered shields when the age of men comes crashing down. But it is not this day. This day we fight. By all that you hold dear on this good earth, I bid you stand, men of the West. Mr. Brightside, your time out to refresh, refuel, and refocus your mind and energy toward building an optimistic framework for flourishing. Life is good. It's up to you to choose the bright side. At Wendy's, we make breakfast better, like with our breakfast baconator, better from top to bottom bun. Savory sausage patty? Better. Crispy oven baked bacon? Better. Fresh cracked egg? Better. The Breakfast Baconator might just be the greatest breakfast sandwich of all time. So you can keep settling for not better, or you can get a better breakfast from Wendy's. Tough choice. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's better breakfast. I'm participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours.